Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. I'm thankful for what He is doing. But I'm thankful for what He's going to do. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you, God, for your mercy and grace. We know you're a healer. And we're asking you, Lord, to bless those that are sick tonight in their body, in Jesus' name, to give healing to them. Bless those who are weary and tired and laboring. Father, give them strength tonight also. And bless the saints of God in the house to hear tonight in their body and mind and spirit. And, and give them strength and healing in Jesus' name, we pray. And God, I pray, help me to do a good job for you and your word. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. And everybody shout amen. You can be seated. Amen. Tonight, I want to... Go in the Word of the Lord and teach. I'll be teaching the next few weeks, getting in the gifts of the Spirit also, starting tonight. The evidence of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of the Holy Ghost. Did you know the Bible said the way of a transgressor is hard? The other day when I was studying and reading and this came to me, did you know when Jonah went down to Tarsus, Joppa to go to, to Tarsus? The Bible, if you look at the distance from there to Nineveh, was 550 miles. But from there to Tarsus was 2,500 miles. So he was going to go, it was harder for him to go to Tarsus than it was to go to Nineveh. So the way of a transgressor is hard. So it's be easier to live for God than it would to go the way that you want to go against God. The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that they were all, all with, with, with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled the house where they were, were at, where they were sitting. And there appeared to them in cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You see, they all, everybody say all. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability. At Pentecost, the celebration, the 50th day after deliverance of, of Egypt was a celebration of, of, of Pentecost. And at Pentecost, where everybody came to celebrate, it so happened that the Lord poured His Spirit out upon the day of Pentecost, the day of celebration. It's where the Spirit of God was poured out on 120 that had been waiting there in an upper room. I went to Israel twice, and I went to the upper room where they said that the 120 were out that were filled with the Holy Ghost, where the promise came. They were waiting for it. But when the Spirit of God came in and they were filled, they began, the Bible said, they began to speak with other tongues. This is the result of hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
That's why me and you and I, we have got to teach Bible studies and we got to tell everybody we can the gospel. The gospel is the answer. The gospel is the way of the power of salvation. The gospel will save a soul from an eternal damnation. We got to tell the gospel. Now after the spirit was poured out on those that heard the gospel, they, they, they were, some thought, man, what's going on? Are they drunk? They lost their mind. What's going on with them? They never saw it, never experienced it, never knew it. And I believe that's how some people come into church and when the Holy Ghost is poured out, they think, man, this is weird. This is crazy. You know, I've learned to watch new ones. They kind of, they'll grin, they'll laugh, they'll look around. And I saw some Sunday going, man, looking around smiling because they never saw that or never been in that presence before. It's new to them. But in Acts 2 and 6, as we look at the Word of God, it begins to tell us. Now, when it was noised abroad, the multitude that came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. How could this be? And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, behold, are not all of these speak Galatians? I don't understand why they can speak our language when they're Galatians. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? How can they speak in our tongue when they're not, when they're not of our own nationality? And, and I'm not going to read them all because I'll mess up. Go to the next word and go on to the next word. Amen, I'll mess them up. Cretes and Arabians, and we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. They heard them speak to God in their tongue, in their tongue. So the evidence of them receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost was God gave them ability through the Spirit to speak in tongues with another language. They asked, what does this mean? that they can speak in our language. What, what, can this, what can this mean? The Bible said others mocking, saying, these men are full. They're full of new wine. They're full of new wine. They're drunk. But Peter spoke up and gave them the answer of what was going on in Acts 2 and 14 through 18. He said, but Peter standing up with the leaven, lifted up his voice and said to them, you men of Judah and all you dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. You listen to what I'm going to say. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing, but it's the third hour of the day. He said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the Old Testament. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and young men shall see visions, old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now, Peter was telling them this is happening because it was prophesied about. The prophecy of joy has come to pass. God was pouring out his spirit. The evidence of them receiving his spirit was they spoke with other tongues. 
The evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is speaking with tongues. You see, the commentary says, one of the commentary I read says this, Acts 2 and 4. And as everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other languages. They began to speak in other languages as God, the Spirit of God, gave them the ability, which was a sign that God was filling them with His Spirit. Throughout the Word of God, it is the very evidence of everyone receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now some say, Pastor, why in the world are you taking so much time on Wednesday nights? I'm working on the foundation. If the foundation ain't solid, then the, then the building ain't gonna be solid when you get it built. Being born again of the water and the spirit, that's John 3 and 5, Jesus told Nicodemus. Now what does this mean? Jesus answered him and said, Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot, listen to this, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He can't enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born of water, that's baptism, which is baptism that releases you of your sins that you take on the name of Jesus. You see, repentance is God, I ask you for your forgiveness of my sins. You turn from them and he forgives you. But when you are baptized in water, it is the remission, it is the removing of your sins. So Sunday, Brother David, when you were baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, all of your sins have been remitted from your life. They're gone. So whatever you did from Sunday evening until eternity comes, it's left up to you to die before God and put it on the altar and plead the blood. You must be born again of water and you must release the sins of your life by remit them through water baptism. Now, born of the Spirit is when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. You're born again spiritually. Now, I'm gonna throw something at you that's been bugging me the last two days. I've been studying and writing a lot and I'm going to study some more on it, but when I got to this point, I don't have my notes with me, so I'm going to throw it out there. Born of the Spirit is when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. You are born again spiritually. In Revelation 1, verse 18, when Jesus told John, while he was on an Isle of Patmos, which was 10 miles long, 6 miles wide, it was only a rock island, and it didn't have no bars, but it was an isolated prison place for all of those they put out there to isolate them, to punish them. John was out on the Isle of Patmos. The Spirit of the Lord began to give him revelation, began to take him up, and began to show him things in the Spirit. But in Revelation 1 and 18, the Bible said, Jesus said, I am he that was dead, but now I'm alive, and I have the keys of hell and the grave. Now, some said uh, when 
Jesus died, he went to hell. Now, you're thinking about the fiery place. That ain't the fiery place. The fiery place is the thing that comes after the white, great white throne judgment where if you don't live up to the word of God, he, you're going to be standing before God at the great white throne judgment and the Bible will be open and he's going to tell you and show you why that you're going to be bound hand and foot and thrown into the lake of fire. Now, where did Jesus go? He went to hell, which he interpreted from, uh, for, to the grave. He went into the grave, the holding place. Jesus went there three days into the grave. The Bible said that he came forth and had the keys of hell and death. The key stands for authority. He took the authority away from Satan, which had the authority over spiritual death. Yes, he did. Because he caused Adam and Eve to fall in the beginning. Adam and Eve died spiritually, didn't die physically, but it was that moment also that physical death began to start because of sin. But because of spiritual death, Jesus went into hell, took the key. He didn't, he didn't wrestle with Satan. Some said he wrestled. He didn't wrestle. Say he got to wrestle nothing with him. He went there and just stayed there. On the third day, it's time, he rose. What did he do? He took the authority away from Satan that tells us that I can cause you to be held in spiritual darkness and you can never come out. And he can also tell you, I can hold you in hell where you'll never come out. But hold on. The Bible said when Jesus come out on the third day, which is the death, burial, and resurrection, gives us the Holy Ghost. Repentance, baptism, and infilling of the Holy Ghost. So on the resurrection day, Jesus made it a point that no matter where you're at spiritually, when I come in your life, I'm going to bring you out of the grave. So you got to be born spiritually. Anybody hear me? You got to be born spiritually to be put into the kingdom of God. Some says, I'm in the kingdom. Are you really? Have you been born of the water? Jesus name baptism. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking with other tongues? That's put into the kingdom of God. There's no other salvation in the word of God. This is the evidence of being born again. In Acts 10, through the Bible, gives us evidence. This was the only evidence of them receiving the Holy Ghost. Now, all you youth, you need to listen. While Peter yet spake these words, he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision when believed were astonished, as many as were came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do you understand that the Holy Ghost, I mean that the Gentiles were known as dogs? That's why Peter had a revelation up on the rooftop before he come to Cornelius' house 
because Jesus had to show him. He had to let down a sheet with unclean animals in it of hooves, hoof, hoof animals and, and shrimp and all kinds of stuff. You got to eat this. I ain't going to eat of it. It's unclean. He said, I'm telling you now, eat it. So the Lord was telling him what you have called unclean, I call clean now. So aren't you thankful? <laughs> I said, aren't you thankful that God, that Jesus didn't have it just for the Jews, but he had it for the whole world? And when they heard them speak with tongues, they magnified God. Then answered Peter. They heard them speak with tongues, magnified God. Can any man forbid water that these should be baptized? Can anybody Forbid water, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. What was the evidence of them receiving the Holy Ghost? What was the evidence? They spoke with tongues. And he commanded them, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they prayed them to tarry certain days. Now the evidence was them receiving the Holy Ghost. They spoke with other tongues. After the Holy Ghost fell on them, they spoke with tongues. Now let's go to Acts 19. We could go on. Here's the evidence in the Word of God of what happens when you receive the Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, this is Paul at Corinth telling them, have you, as he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? This is Paul. They said unto Paul, we have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. You know why? Because Pentecost happened in Acts 2. The gospel was just beginning to be preached because John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. He was the cousin of Jesus who was preaching, prepare yourself. The one that's coming after me, I'm not even worthy to lash his shoes. We're going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So they were preaching, as John was preaching, repentance and baptism. There's some denominations can't get past repentance and baptism. That's all they're hung up on. But Paul said, have you not heard of no such thing? We've not heard, Paul, about this Holy Ghost. This is in the Bible. And he said unto them, under what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. John was the forerunner of Christ. He was paving the way for Jesus to come. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard, did you hear this? When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You ready? They were rebaptized. They were rebaptized. Now, when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is you speak with other tongues. 
You see, again and again and again, the Bible becomes a witness for itself. After the Holy Ghost fell on them, they spoke with tongues after Paul prayed for them. But you understand, saint of God, they had not have heard none of this if Paul hadn't have preached it. Now, can I tell you something? If we don't tell our world around us, they can't receive it. So I don't know who gave you the authority to lock yourself up in your house and come home from work and sit there on the couch like a hermit and not tell nobody about Jesus. That's what's wrong with the church today. We got too many people keeps their mouth shut. You can you sit there all you want. I'm here to tell you, he gave us this wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost to be a light upon a hill. Can I tell you something? I'll tell you the answer for America. It's not another president. It's not another Congress. It's not another governor. The answer for America, if ever Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, feels saint of God, would share it to their neighbor, the co-workers and the schoolmates, and tell them about Jesus, it would change this nation. You got to tell somebody about Jesus. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God that was promised to those that went and waited at Jerusalem. That's why Jesus rose on the third day. He overcome the darkness, what helped man sin, what helped man, he overcome it. But the same spirit that dwelt in Jesus, that rose him from the dead, dwells within me and you. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God that was promised to us. Acts 1 and 4 tells me and you that. You got to hear me, saying of God, the rebirth, the rebirth is you being filled with the Spirit of God that gives life, that gives life back to a dead spirit. It brings us back to God. You understand when Adam sinned, it wasn't a physical death, it was a spiritual death. This, this all might be just comedy. This, I don't care, I can preach it every week and excite me. Your problem is, you, you heard it one time, you got it, you think, uh-uh. How many, how many of you told this about? How many of you told? How many of you witnessed to about, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about his death, burial, and resurrection. Let me tell you about repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and filling of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you about it. This is the answer to the world. But you see, when Adam sinned and man saw, the, the spirit of man died, soul of man died, they walked out of the garden. Get this. Can I ask you? Let me, let me throw something at you. Joseph didn't have no Ten Commandments when he stayed free from committing fornication with Pharaoh. Why? He didn't have no commandments. Uh-uh. He had grace. Some said, no, grace didn't come. You're crazy. Who found grace in the eyes of God in the Old Testament? Noah. Grace was back then. Joseph had grace. 
He had grace. You ain't got to have a Bible sometime to tell you what to do right. It's just common sense and good morals. So you got to understand they go from Joseph, saint of God, then you go on to where Moses came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments to give guidance in, in, in the lives of the Israelites who come out of a world of bondage and gives them, also gives them a church. So you go on from there to also the book of Matthew when they live by the law, and the law, it was hard to live because you had to live by the word. Come on, it was hard to live by it. And Jesus said, hold on. The law's not going to give you the spiritual life you need. I'm going to take my time. I don't care. Your spiritual time, the spiritual life you need. Then he said, hold on. I got something coming for you. So he sends John coming out of the wilderness looking like a wild beast preaching the kingdom of God is coming. Repent all to you. The kingdom of God's coming. Here comes Jesus. Jesus comes to earth. Thank God he came. Went through all of hell, the persecution and everything. Death, burial, in the grave. Now, the soul of man that was dead, now he gives us life back to what Adam lost. I'm going to preach it. I, I, I got to share it. I just got to share something. I'm going to preach it in a few weeks anyway. I'm going to preach it. I've already got my notes, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you'll forget it before then anyway. Let me ask you this. Man, God's been playing tricks with my mind lately. You ready? Why didn't Satan, why didn't Lucifer appear before Eve and Adam as an angel instead of a serpent? I know why. Why didn't he appear to Adam and Eve as all the diamond, his diamonds, his pearls, and his paints, and tell her, eat of this tree. I was praying, and I called a couple of preachers, Brother David Smith, and I said, I got a question. He goes, God, that's a, that's a good question. And as I was talking to him, the Lord spoke to me, and here's my revelation. The reason that Lucifer did not appear before Adam and Eve to try to get them to fall from the, I mean, to take the fruit of it and fall is because he knew they had been walking with God every day in the cool of the day and they were used to his presence because he had likeness of God himself. Then he robed himself in something else that was not familiar. It got their attention, just like Satan gets yours attention and my attention, when we pray every day, trouble comes, tragedy comes, battle comes, and gets our mind to believe in what we see. He's not going to bring our trouble as an angel. He's not, anybody got me? And the Lord gave me a revelation of that. 
The reason he didn't appear as an angel because they were used to walking with God. He had the likeness of God himself. He wasn't they believe, but he said, "Hold on, I'm going to disguise myself as a serpent, and they're going to they're going to listen to me, and they're going to follow me. I'm going to deceive them." How many of us, saint of God, has Satan done the same thing, fighting things in our life, family tragedies, and all kinds, and he disguises himself and he causes us to believe what he's telling us. When we have walked with a God that said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Anybody, anybody see that? Got you. Let me move on. I, I'm going to preach it anyway because you'll forget it. Remember John 3 and 5. You must be born again of water and spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. Now the kingdom of God is the spiritual kingdom of God. That is, you are born into the body of Christ, the church. We, we can go into Ephesians 1, 20 through 23, and Ephesians 2 and 6 can tell us, and he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on right hand in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. And have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things in the church, which is the, his body and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, Ephesians 2 and 6 says that he hath raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us by the Spirit of Christ, listen to me, by the Spirit of Christ, we are put into one body. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Saint of God, hear this now. There is only one church, the body of Christ, and there's only one way to enter the body through water baptism and the spirit baptism. You must be born of the water and the spirit. There's one church. Now, I'm going to step off into something. Parents, you need to listen to me. What scares me the most is where people are raised in truth and don't heed to this. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16, I'm hurrying. Be ye not equally yoked together with what? With what? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Bella, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Now, what and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? What does agreement with the temple of God have with an idol? For ye are the temple of what? The living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. We are you are not to be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Is that what it says? For, the, for what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness? Now, if you go in the Bible in the Old Testament, it gives you plain clear. Listen to me. Jezebel was a pagan king's daughter of the Zenonians. 1 Kings 16 and 31. She was a daughter of them. But King Ahab, on the other hand, was from the northern Israelite kingdom of Syria, one of the ten who had ten tribes. He married 
Jezebel, which have been a marriage outside of faith. Ahab married outside of faith. He married Jezebel. Now Jezebel, the Bible said, led, hear me, led Ahab into false religion and worship of false gods. 1 Kings 16, 30-32. She led. Somebody shout led. Now I know, I hear, I hear all kinds. Oh, I can win them to the Lord if I marry them. Let me tell you all you something, dudes. You better hear me now. I've seen more women lead more men away in 38 years than you can count. They got a power over you, man. And don't tell me they don't. Oh, I'll win them to the Lord. You better win them before you say I do. You better see them talk in tongues like a Chinaman. And you better see them go down in water in Jesus' name. And you better make sure they're taught the solid foundation of the church. And you better let them quote it backwards to you to make sure they know it. And they live it before you say I do. This is why. What are you going to do, grandparents, when you got a, a, a boy and a girl who marry opposite? They have kids, two or three kids. Do you want your grandkids going to a church preaching false doctrine? If you do, you're crazy. I don't want to lay at night thinking my kid, grandkids are going to be lost because they're hearing a false doctrine and they've been told a false salvation. That eats my spirit up. I had to take a stand a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. When I want to go somewhere goofy, the goofy one leading them and said, how are we going to go there? I said, oh, no, you ain't. I ain't going to let my grandkid be going somewhere that teaches them something false. There ain't three gods. There's one. Come on, folks. This is Bible. You better take a stand and be a man and woman of God in your house. Say, that ain't going to happen. This will send you to hell. And I'm going to preach on hell and teach on hell and lake of fire in a few weeks because I think we forgot about it. There is a hell and there is a heaven. And everybody that dies don't go to heaven. Everybody may, oh, there you go. Oh, what's that song everybody sings? Go rest high on the mountain. They ain't resting high on no mountain. Let's be fact, let's be truth about it. Everybody don't go to heaven. So I I just got to the point lately, I just well to be truth because I'd rather gamble you getting mad at me and hearing the truth then maybe you're not hearing the truth at all. So I'm here to tell you it's Bible. You cannot yoke together with an unbeliever or you're gonna, your, your blood will be upon your baby's hands if you don't take a stand. She led, the Bible said she led Ahab away. 1 Kings 16 and 30 tells us this. Ahab the son of Monar did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. Listen, saints. And it came to pass, if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam and the son of Nabat, that he took of wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ebel, Ebel, king of the Zidans, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. He, Brother Steve, he grew up where truth was. He grew up where the one God was preached. 
but he married old, I almost said it, Jesus, Jezebel. Ooh, come out of me, Satan. Uh, he married Jezebel. She led him away. He reared up. He built, this is what scares me. He built an altar, Brother Cody, in the place where he worshiped the true God. You better watch out. You better watch out trying to marry an unbeliever. They'll get you worshiping a God in, the, in, the, in, the, in your own house. You better watch out. He built an idol altar in the place of God. Don't allow no one, please, to lead you away to another salvation. There's only one way to enter the kingdom of God. And that has been born to the water and the spirit. And the evidence of being born to that filled with the Holy Ghost is what? Speaking with other tongues. God also gave to the church. He also gave me and you. Here we go. He also gave me and you three gifts. Listen to this. He gave us, Brother Eddie, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Brother Scott, he gave the church the nine spiritual gifts for the edifying of the body of Christ. It wasn't for the profit of one man's bilfo. It was for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's why I want to take my time in the next few weeks. I'm going to start teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, trying to help us know what we have, what we got, because the more we use these gifts, the more edifying, the stronger we are. The third gift. You know what the third gift he gave the church? The fivefold ministry. He gave the fivefold ministry to the church. He gave three gifts. Gift of the Holy Ghost, gifts of the Spirit, and the cause of the gifts the fivefold ministry gave to the church. The Bible said there is only one way to enter the kingdom of God. Do you agree? You must understand what he gave to the church, understand them. And that's where I want to come in, take my time next few weeks and, and, and help you. The nine spiritual gifts are to edify the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 14 and 12. Let me hurry. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to edifying of the church. It's for who? The church. Paul said to all of us having questions about spiritual gifts, we need, we, we need to desire the best gift. In 1 Corinthians 12, and I believe it's 14, you have it? There you go. No, it's the other one, I'm sorry. All right. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I would not have you to be ignorant. Paul don't want us to be ignorant of what God give us. How many believe God wants us to know how to use them? I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit myself. Paul said, when you were still pagans, he said, you were led astray and swept along to worship speechless idols. He said, no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Paul said there, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but, one, but the same Spirit. There are nine gifts, but all the gifts operate by the same Spirit. You see, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. 
Paul said the spiritual gifts was given to us to help each other. You know why God would give me the gift of faith to help you, Brother Scott? But you know why he would give somebody the gift of prophecy to help you? You know why he would give Brother Steve the gift of healing to pray for somebody and see them healed? You know why he would give uh, Brother, maybe Brother Josh, the gift of tongues to speak to the church, the body? He would give Brother Cody uh, 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 interpretation of tongues to give and interpret what God spoke. It's edifying of the church. Now, there are nine gifts, and these are the nine gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healing, working of miracles, gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, gift of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. These are gifts are to edify the church, me and you. Sister Banks come. It's to edify us. Receiving a supernatural gift increases your responsibility. Paul said the gifts is no good without one word, love. If you don't have love, that gift ain't no good. You'll misuse that gift. I heard something the other day. Man, my mind's going a little bit too fast. I heard this. It was a conference. And, I, and it, when it hit, it hit me, and since I've been back, there's a lot of stuff that they said all it's been going on. It hits me. I, I remember it. But this is powerful. Said there's some souls that are being born in the church are bastard sons. I'll tell you why. And this is revelatory. There are true children being born when, when a man of God preaches the gospel like it's to be preached. Repent. Be baptized. Everyone in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the Holy Ghost. You, you, you see real children born. But there's some children born in the mother church from people just preaching motivation and soft messages. They're bastard sons born. Now, as a, as, a, as a pastor and a preacher, I know what they're talking about. Anybody know? Oh, you say, oh, it happens. Because it happens. And I know what he's talking about, what level he's talking on. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, let me go on. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 and 2. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, woo, have not charity. I have become sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. There's nothing wrong desiring best gifts, but we got to do it with love. 1 Corinthians 12 and 31 says to me and you, saint of God, but covet and earnestly the best gifts. It is no sin for you to sit there and say, Lord, I would love to have the gift of prophecy. God, I want the gift of faith. Brother T.L. Smith, you want to know what gift he works in? The gift of faith. He'll tell you. He has the gift of faith. How many would love for God to just to baptize you with the best gift? My, I, I think, Brother, Brother Scott, to me, the, the, the working of miracles. Woo! Man, you go around and lay hands on people sick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tumors disappear. Heart problems fixed. Come on. Eyes with, with, I mean, oh God, heal them. See, 
Wouldn't that be awesome? We will get into more of these gifts and next, start next week, saints. But I had to finish this up tonight. How many has learned some or enjoyed it? Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> I spit out. Let's stand their feet. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. How many believes this is what's going to make the foundation stronger? <laughs> Sometimes it may feel sound familiar, but it's got, but there needs some strength in it. What's the evidence of the Holy Ghost? There you go. As the Spirit gives you speak with other tongues. The Spirit gives you the ability to talk in another language. We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.